0: We've reached week six out of seven. We've heard the good news. We have seen what Jesus is like and realized that we fall short of his example. We have all understood that we have sinned and have a heart problem. It was upon the cross where Jesus died to rescue us from punishment of our sin by taking our place. Last Sunday, Roy clearly and passionately explained that Jesus' resurrection completes the action. Where God accepted his ransom in full, and death is now beaten. And next week, Mike will explain on Come and Die. However, today we are looking at grace. So what is grace? Hear the story of a friend of a friend. I have a friend whose experience gives us some insight into the doctrine of the grace of God. He had just returned from a foreign country where he had served in the army. Upon his release, he had saved up enough money to fulfill a long-term desire to buy a new Jaguar car. Early one morning, he was driving in a remotely populated place which he reasoned was the perfect place to find out how fast the card could go. The speedometer was reaching 160 miles an hour as the powerful sports car reached the top of a small hill. Just beyond, a policeman was waiting, speed gun raised and poised. A law-abiding citizen, my friend, slammed on his brakes, slid past the officer at 150 miles an hour, and came to a halt some distance down the road. Before long, the officer caught up and stood beside the sleek convertible. Do you have any idea what speed you were doing? He inquired. Well, roughly was the deliberate evasive reply. 163 miles an hour, the officer specified. That's about what I thought, my friend confessed somewhat sheepishly. Guilt was obvious, and there was no possible way to be offered as an excuse. My friend could only wait to to discover what this fiasco was going to cost. He meekly waited for the officer to proceed. To his amazement, the policeman inquired, Would you mind if I have a look at the engine? Now, the fine points of high-performance cars cannot be discussed quickly, so both of them went to a coffee shop where they could talk further. A little while later, both men shook hands and went their separate ways. My friend was elated, but the officer had not given him a speeding fine. This is about as close to grace as one can get on earth. But it's not quite up to the standard of biblical grace. I say that because grace would only be demonstrated biblically if the policeman had offered to pay for the coffee. You see, grace is as fundamental to Christianity as that of justice to law. The doctrine of grace is only found in the Christian faith. You see, it cannot be earned, it cannot be bought. Ephesians 2 tells us, for it is grace that we have been saved through faith. When understood and applied, it can totally revolutionize one's Christian's life. Grace is part of God's character. Grace has been described in an acrostic fashion as God's riches at Christ's expense. God is a God of grace. And he desires to make this known to humankind and to the angelic hosts. If you are in Christ, you are adopted into his family because of the blood of Jesus Christ shed on the cross. You see, the same God of the Old Testament, sorry, some see the God of the Old Testament or someone different to the God of the New Testament. Yet if you look in Psalm 78, verse 8, we read, Yet he being compassionate, forgave their iniquity and did not destroy them. Often he restrained his anger and did not stir up his wrath. In Jeremiah, verse 9, sorry, chapter 9, verse 17, we read, They refused to obey and were not mindful of the wonders that you performed among them. But they stiffened their necks and determined to return to the slavery in Egypt. But you are a God ready to forgive, gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. You remember when we looked at Jonah, where he disobeyed God and went to Tarshish instead of Nineveh. He said in his defense that he knew God was gracious and compassionate, a God slow to anger and full of loving-kindness. You see, this character of God was demonstrated in Jesus, who is the revealer of the Father. John 1:14, says, "And the world became flesh and lived among us." As we have seen his glory, the glory as the Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. The law was indeed given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. In both actions and words, Jesus demonstrated grace. He did not come to judge or condemn, but to forgive and to save. So that leads us to conclude that God is, was, and forever will be a God of grace. Grace is embodied on the cross at Calvary. It is not simply part of a redemption plan, but a silver cord that runs through every part of the work of redemption. You see, the entire work of Jesus in coming to earth Dying for sinners and being crowned with glory is said by the writer of, to the Hebrews to be the grace of God. Humankind had no part in this, but we are all redeemed by the riches of his grace. A calling, where we are drawn powerfully to him, is said to be through his grace. Galatians 1.15. And our justification, where we are all innocent of any guilt and declared righteous through the work of Christ, is the gift of his grace. Romans 3 verse 24. So every element of the work of salvation is the work of God through grace, and not of our own making. While grace has always existed as part of the character of God and embodied on the the cross of Christ, it takes on a variety of forms in the Bible. Common grace is that kindness which is poured out upon humankind, regardless of our spiritual condition. Matthew 5, verse 44 to 45, it says, Love your enemies... And pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be children of the Father in heaven. For he makes his Son rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the righteous and on the unrighteous. God is also gracious in not revealing more than he does to those who reject him. There's a saving grace. It was in that generous provision of salvation on the cross of Calvary and the divine intervention, as previously mentioned. Acts 15, 11 says, On the contrary, we believe that we will be saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus, just as they will. You see, we cannot obtain salvation through any good work, which we do. Neither can we maintain our salvation by doing good works. Salvation is obtained and maintained by grace alone. Now sanctifying grace brings the believer to growth and maturity, and ultimately Christ-like. It is something we work towards, and if we are serious about following Jesus, it is not something that a Sunday church fix can maintain. And that is why many people have not returned to church. You see, they are not willing to become mature in Christ or discipled Christians. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 10, By the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace towards me has not been in vain. On the contrary, I work harder than any of them. Though it was not I, but the grace of God that is within me. A little bit later, in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, he says, My grace is sufficient for you, for power is made perfect in weakness. So I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so the power of Christ may dwell in me. The well-known theologian, J.I. Packer, describes grace this way. What is grace? In the New Testament, grace means God's love in action towards men who merited the opposite of love. Grace means God moving heaven and earth to save sinners who could not lift a finger to save themselves. Grace means God sending His only Son to descend into hell on the cross so that we, guilty ones, might be reconciled and received into heaven. I came across a story of a man who was condemned to death for embezzlement. The royal family took pity on him, and they tried to help him. The king contributed £2,000 from the royal treasury, while the queen gave £1,000 and the crown prince 980 The people in the gallery passed the plate around and collected another £19.90. The total amount was three hundred, sorry, three thousand nine hundred and ninety-nine pounds ninety p. It was only ten p. Short of what what was required, but it was not enough. The king reluctantly said the man had to die. The crowd in the gallery sighed. Suddenly, the condemned man reached into his pocket and found ten p. That's what he was needed. He was free. The sad thing about that story is that the man would think he played part in his release. However, as I said before, we can do nothing to earn God's grace. It is therefore all God's grace, or it is no grace at all. I smiled as I was reading that out because this morning in the car park, I picked up a 10p piece. Had I reread what I'd written, I could have shown you the 10p piece that was there to fulfil what the man owed. It's in the offering bag. Do you know that grace is sovereign, as we have no claim on God's grace, and cannot contribute anything to it? Then grace must be sovereignly given. As God said to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. Grace is the goodness of God on behalf of sinners who humbly acknowledge their own deficiency and thus their dependence upon God's grace for forgiveness and salvation. Now while sin is an occasion for grace. Grace is never to be an occasion for sin. For if we truly die to sin, we cannot casually and carelessly persist in sin. You see, it's not consistent with our new life in Christ. No, grace must be never used as an excuse for sin. I close with a story I've shared a number of years ago. It's a story of a man who died and faced Gabriel at heaven's gates. The angel said, here's how this works. You need 100 points to get into heaven. You tell me the good things you've done, and I will give you a certain number of points for each of them. The more, word, the more good work you tell me, the more points you'll get, and when you get to 100, you'll get in. Okay, the man said, I was married for 50 years and never cheated on my wife, not even in my heart. Gabriel replied, That's wonderful. That's worth three points. Three points, the man said. Well, I attended church all my life and supported its ministry with money and service. Terrific, said Gabriel. That's certainly worth a point. One point, the man said, with his eyes beginning to show a bit of panic. Well, how about this? I opened a shelter for the homeless in my city and fed needy people by the hundreds during holidays. Fantastic. That's good for two more points, said the angel. Two points, cried the man in desperation. At this rate, the only way I'm going to get into heaven is by the grace of God. Come on in, said Gabriel. May you and I enter into heaven, not by our good works, but only by the grace of God.